Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. On the Behind the Mask podcast, we have some of the greatest athletes to ever play the game and some of your well-known celebrities. We are discussing a wide range of topics, including fatherhood, relationships, business ventures, social issues, and untold stories. On the Behind the Mask podcast, there's only one rule. There are no rules. Let's go behind the mask. Yo, what up? Good, what's good? How you doing? There he goes. I'm good. Can can y'all hear me? Can y'all see me? I never use this thing, I, honestly. Hey, man. We can, we can hear you well. Can you hear us? Everything's good? Yeah. I mean, you don't look the part, but everything sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Bussin! Hey, stop fire! Hey, hey Lo, check this out, though. We just got through talking about that honey uninhibited. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I got I, pissed. I got pissed off with two time because, <laughs> like, because y'all had such a large amount of people coming through during Super Bowl, like they ran through. What was that? The, 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 the red velvet waffles. Yeah, the red velvet waffles. We because, ran out. Yeah, like no, they said y'all had at least like two hundred people there yeah. within well, like yeah, a no, two-hour no, time no, period. That's including pickups. Super Bowl uh, was pretty wild, but. We didn't run out. We probably just ran out of the batch that we pre-made. Cause we right. make it, it, it. It's made in house, so we got the ingredients on the shelf. We just probably ain't had the, the hands to pull it. Yeah, yeah. It was, bro, it was banging. First of all, I don't even eat red velvet anything. When I tell you I smashed them joints, it didn't eat syrup or anything, man. So whatever you're doing yeah, down there, that's that's not even the special. You you created that one. You got to try the red velvet. Uh, Pancakes. That's, that's what it was. Yeah, the pancakes. Yeah, the pancakes. Oh, okay, okay. The waffle. I'm about to say, some people request the red velvet chicken and waffles, and I've seen that a couple of times going out. You know, a couple of my teammates then came through and changed the menu. Of course, they were like, yeah, "We know the owner." <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the, the favorite line of everybody. For sure, for sure. How you doing, man? What's going on? I'm good, man. Sitting here right now, we just down finished closing, and man, it just started pouring down raining too. Damn. Yeah, we just we just closed up for the day, you know, super slow takeout only. Right, right. Hey, so how has that really affected, I mean, not only the business, but just you as on the personal side? Typically during this time of the year, you may be in Cincinnati working out, but how has it affected you with this quarantine period? Uh, well, I mean, business-wise, down uh, by 85 90%. Um, on what we were doing prior to quarantine corona. Um, had to let employees go, obviously, because the government hasn't given us a plan or any assistance. Um, I'm trying to I open back up, trying to, you know, keep some people floating, trying to keep something going and, you know, serve all the, you know, the essential people, you know, a couple of the hospitals, the police department, the fire department, um, gave them free meals a couple times, and everyone begged us to, you know, stay open. So worked out a, you know, a system with minimal staff that we can handle, you know, the load, and we just been grinding it out really right now. That's really what we're doing. But it's not, it's not, it's not doing what it, what it should be doing. So right now, I'm basically floating it. Well, the, yeah. the popular part about it is that prior to you know the the, the pandemic happening and everything. 
y'all were doing solid, at least from you know from what we saw. Oh so, yeah, yeah, so yeah but, but spring break was supposed to be our big break. I know, I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. you know, this too shall pass, and you know, for you, yeah, 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 actually. Um, start sure your business and your entrepreneurial spirit while still in the league. Salute to you, brother. That's 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 heavy. That's major. You ahead of the curve. Most guys don't do that. What what would it to your thinking in terms of you know what I want to start my business while I'm still playing as opposed to waiting until I, I hang up my cleats. Well, I mean, you guys know firsthand what what unlocked the brain taking that business program, the MBA program down at the University of Miami. Although it's always go Gators, we do have a master's from the U, so we. We got to support them too, you know. God. But, 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 but that, unlocked, that unlocked the brain to let me know, you know, the potential in business. I always had aspirations of going into business post-football or using football as a, as, a, uh, as a platform so that I can get the funding to do the businesses that I want. Uh, you know, I travel the world with hopes of bringing the business back home to Charleston, South Carolina. And being in that program, hearing all of you guys' idea and learning from the program how to bring the ideas together and make them reality and, you know, um, how to hedge your bet with, you know, uh, certain, you know, educational things that you can use and tools you can use to hedge your bet a little bit. Um, you know, I came across the opportunity that hit me at the right time. You know, I really had seen it a couple of years before, but, you know, it didn't really fall into my lap until, I don't know, one or two years after I graduated that program and I felt confident enough, you know, to, to take the risk because, you know, uh, supply and demand, you know, remember that from the class, supply and demand. I felt like there was a, a low supply, but there was a high demand for breakfast food. So here we are with honey. Yeah, product placement. No doubt. Huh? And you talk about you talk about supply and demand, but yeah. listen, bro, like it's a much demand for like live sport, and like this is this what this is what was crazy. I didn't realize I went like a five day time period, and I realized I didn't even look at TV at all, and yeah. it was simply because I don't look at a lot of things. I like to look at live sport. I like to look at CNN, but that is quite depressing right now. And I may look at the local news every now and then. So I guess when we talk about supply and demand, bro, like we have a great demand for like seeing something to make us feel like we're not a part of this pandemic, what's going on. I want yeah. to ask you, knowing that what we're going through and how it's changed your schedule as far as what you do on a daily basis. You're always training to be that best football player you can possibly be. How has this changed up your methods as far as preparing for the training camp, preparing for the OTAs? I changed up my methods a lot. You know, normally, you know, one of the things and the keys to our success of having long, healthy careers is, you know, taking care of your body and investing in your body. And, I, and I've been hit in that aspect in multiple different ways, you know. I haven't been able to go to a facility to get body work done, you know, to get rehab or prehab like I like to do. All of those facilities are closed. And I, even though I'm in a position where I can, you know, afford to bring them to me, none of them feel comfortable, nor do I feel comfortable bringing them to me because this corona is real. I know a lot of people who have been affected by it, a couple uh, friends and family members um, in or outside of the circle have, you know, either had casualties, got sick, survivors, you know, it, it's hitting all kind of different people differently. 
and it's 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 hit home enough times for you know you to respect it. You know, at first it was it was kind of like surreal or unbelievable, and then you know all those athletes were coming out. Oh, I got it. Oh, he got it. Oh, the NBA season now canceled, and you still thought it was like an April Fool's joke or something. But still, uh, somebody asked why y'all are six feet apart. <laughs> y'all been quarantined together. You tell me y'all live together. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw that, but uh, yeah. So, so the facilities closed. They closed all the parks. So I, I had to find a field and you know put faith in, in my boy Lej Doosable, who former football player, who's basically acting as my trainer right now just to give me a, a set of eyes because you know it's it's pretty different. It's, it's it's a lot different when you're just out there training by yourself. So you, you got to have somebody you know barking at you. Um, so it's pretty cool to have, you know, one of your guys and having him. So we've been training with him and practicing social distancing out on the field. First, the first spot we had got shut down. So we ended up having to find not, not even a field. Uh, we had to find another patch of grass to, to get our work in so that we can do something because the NFL was one of the only professional sports that didn't give a timeline or say we're postponed to this. So, we had to prepare as normal because, you know, the government was taking it day to day on on the protocol and NFL didn't announce any big uh, delays or scheduled time thing. So I, I got to stay ready, you know, and then you know, the toughest thing is when you start to prepare for something, then you stop. It's it's that much harder to get back going. So I'd rather try to push through even with the delay than to stop and start, you know. All right, all right. Shout out to dudes always getting it in. He's, he's retired now from the NFL. Still continues to work out hard. I see him doing the, the 20 push-up challenge. I'm like, nah. I, yeah, I did, 10, did 10 the other day and I was hurting. I'm like, nah, this ain't for me. No. Yeah, he, he tried to get me to do that 50 push-up challenge. I've yeah. ignored that request multiple times for everybody. <laughs> so, I ain't with it. Hi, I Mom. It. I see you just jumped on. Hey, Mom. Mom's here, man. What's up, What's Mom? What's up, Mom? Dude? Yeah. Absolutely, man. So, you know, the um, the draft is, 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 is around the corner and um, – mm. Yeah, that's going to be weird, too. It's going to be weird. And you were talking about how certain things are, are just different business-wise. You know, you don't want to pick out people. Obviously, it's not going to be in Vegas. Um, but you, you know, you were a high draft pick, second rounder. Talk about that. Experience. Oh, it was in Vegas this year? I'm sorry? It was going to be in Vegas this year? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was going to be in Vegas. How could you? Well, I don't expect for you to know where it's going to be because you're in Miami. No. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm so used to it being in the same spot as my first seven, seven, six, seven years in the league. Now they're jumping around that in the Pro Bowl. So, I mean, it's cool that they're moving around, showing different cities love. And you know why they launched in Vegas, because that new stadium, I don't mm -hmm. know how far off that is, but that's that's smart business, mind. If y'all peeping that, yeah, yeah. We talk about that experience with you when you went through your draft process. Uh, the draft process for me? was uh, uh, kind of rest, restless, you know, because, you know, I had made my mistakes and, and, and gave them, you know, um, what's the word? Gave them enough oh. <laughs> ammo. Yeah. Gave, gave them enough ammo to, to devalue what I already had worked for the three years prior and, well, the three years and 300 and uh, <laughs> 300 plus days Prior, I had one day where I, you know, relaxed too much and started celebrating too early and, and had my one mistake that, you know, uh, taught me a, a huge, 
blessing, hit me hard in the pocket, and still been trying to prove myself to this day and became a Cincinnati Bengal, and, and, and right now we're still writing history, you know? Yeah, and I think that provides so much value, though, regardless of, yeah. you know, whatever may happen, it provides value for the next person, but it's only yeah. valuable if the youngsters that come behind you seek it. Yeah. So my question is, like, when you see a youngster who's coming in, like, what can you tell them to provide them a certain type of value to be able to, like, give them, like, some type of, as far as you being looked at as a prophet, what could you give them to help them to extend their career to have a successful career in the league? Uh, um, use use that hand on your chest, the animosity on your chest, that frustration. Use it as fuel in a positive way, like, on the on the field uh, through a way that performance so that it can help you. And then I also tell them that, you know, your best ability is availability. So staying healthy and being on the field is the biggest thing. And I try to tell them the ways and give them a roadmap of things that I do so that they can come up with their own plan. Because that was one, one thing that I did. I, I picked, you know, vets like y'all, their brain on what their routine was and try to come up and, you know, replicate some of the things that I like from theirs or figure out what worked best for me because at the end of the day, you got to figure out what works for you because you the one that got to go out there to perform. You the one out there that got to stay ready, you know. For sure. You've had a, a story career, 10 years right now, going to see 11. That's that's major. Hats off again. I would take my hat off, but I need a haircut. But Right. Um, we all. <laughs> that's why we all got these hats on. <laughs> but, um, you know, the Bengals, when you, when you first got in the league, you guys had a, a nice playoff run. A couple of years, I think four years in a row or so. Not as much success possible. Not as much success as late. So how do you stay motivated and how do you keep your guys engaged being the leader that you're on the locker room right now? I mean, at the end of the day, it's a, you know, it's another game. It's another opportunity to, to go play for the, you know, the logo on the front of your chest as well as the name on the back. Um, how do you want to be known, represented, and remembered is the end of the day because, you know, even when you're, you know, you're on a losing streak as we were last season, at the end of the day, you're still going out there to play. So what do you want to look like on tape? You know, you got, and, and, and can you be the difference maker to help get that one win for us? You know, uh, that's basically how we were able to finish the season as a team because it would have been easy for a lot of us to fall. You know, we had a lot of adversity, a lot of frustrations, you know, a lot of a lot of challenges throughout the season. But, you know, we we continue to, OK, who we got next? Let's, let's focus on what we need to do to prepare to have a chance to beat them. And that's what got us through the week. And then in the game, just that competitive nature, just competing on the field uh, took over for the game. And you just continue, you know, just to keep focusing on whatever the task at hand was so that you didn't get caught looking back or looking ahead, um, you know, and, and miss what's right in front of you, another opportunity to, to finally get a win. Hey, bro, and, and, I, and that's what I respect about you so much is that you're able to compartmentalize a lot of things but also making sure what's out of your front window as far as what you see for the moment is the future and the yeah. possibilities of it. The... The thing that's curious to that made me curious is, bro, you going into your eleventh year right now, <laughs> and that's very rare to be on the same team. Yeah, eleven years. Number two, which is really number one, 
a lot of guys on the stigma that comes with going to Cincinnati back in the day when I was playing, maybe even five, seven years ago, is, all right, they maybe have become a better team, but they're not going to get to the next level. I look at some of the great stars that came out of there that eventually left and went on other teams, Willie Anderson, myself. You look at Corey Dillon, who left and went to the Patriots and won a Super Bowl. Give us some insight on you could win, you could have went anywhere that you wanted to, but obviously you stayed in Cincinnati and it's working out for you collectively. Like what was the vision that you saw that made you decide outside of money? Because I know a lot of somebody just put up money, but you ain't necessarily motivated by money. And no. I know that. But no, I just want to hear from your perspective. On like, what did you see that allowed you to say, you know what, I want to become or make this team better than what it actually is? Yeah, because first, first of all, you know, with success on the field comes all those other things, money, rings, all those other things. So when you're on a winning team, everybody wants a piece of that, and they value that more. That's how you get your stock to really go up. But personally for me, the reason why I stayed with Cincinnati is – I wanted the opportunity to, you know, to have that Philly-type story where you do it for a team that hasn't really done it before and that the whole city erupts in celebration because it's been so long, so many decades, or so, so many people have you know, been supporting the team for so long and they haven't had a chance to enjoy that. Uh, I wanted to be a part of that type of story versus jumping on you know, a team that, that's likely to go to the Super Bowl next year to finish out your career. I try to focus on, you know, doing, being that difference maker to help get my team there. But obviously, you know, uh, it's been an uphill battle for us these last couple of years. And, you know, they made that huge change last year um, where we got a new head coach, a lot of new, uh, a lot of new coaches, uh, a lot of player coaches, and um, a lot of new players. And then you talk about the draft. We got the draft coming up, which is super odd because <laughs> – because they're going to do it over FaceTime, just like the free agency. All these things with this quarantine has been weird. I was in London when you guys came there last year, and you actually yeah. played the game, was able to broadcast that game. Uh, your head coach, Zach Taylor, what is the difference from coming from you look at Marvin Lewis and then you look at Zach Taylor coming in up under his new leadership? What are some of the things that are different that people don't know? That they don't know? Uh, well, he's – He's a he's a couple of years uh, younger, uh, maybe like 10, 15 years younger <laughs> than Coach Lewis. Uh, Are y'all uh, the same age? Nah, he's older than me, but uh, we're not we we we're close. But I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm, still, I'm, I'm still able to suit up, you know, and I'm still going. So I'm I'm gonna say that I got that, but uh, not. It was it was kind of odd because you went from a defensive-minded coach who was always always focused on the defense, which you love, and you know he's going to go to back and, and do things in favor of the defense or make the defense work harder. Um, but now you got an offensive-minded coach who challenges the offense on the daily, and you see the benefit that they're getting from. You see how many weapons they got. You see the potential um, that they got if they can just get got, keep guys healthy and on the field. Uh, we got so many weapons on that side, so it, it's kind of intriguing because we know defensive-wise, we got the guys that are just going to work and compete, and you know they want to hit something, they want to, you know, they want to, they want to make a statement, 
Uh, they want to set the tone in the game. They, they want to do these things. So you don't really need uh, the extra. I mean, you like it, but you don't really need the extra. Not to say that the offense needs it, but it's cool to see how much influence a defensive mind coach has on one side of the ball versus the offensive mind that coach has on one side of the ball. And I'm just really excited to, to see it all unfold with this being year two because I think this is the year that's going to click for everybody. And you're talking about it being year two for Coach Taylor. Now, with the draft coming up, a lot of, a lot of noise going around about the kid from LSU. Yeah. Bro, yeah. What, how do you feel? I don't know if you've seen him or got to watch any of his game and shit. How do you feel about him? Well, I, I definitely watched his last game once they, you know, pretty much secured that he was going to be the, the pick for us. Everyone has been saying. I was like, let's let's see how he, how he really looked. Right. He stepped up. He made critical throws in critical situation. He won a big-time game. And, and, you know, they talked about the whole game, how he's been doing that all year. And those are things that, you know, you want as a franchise quarterback. So, uh, I mean, I can see why so many teams value him as that. And then, you know, with what the, the Bengals chose to do with our quarterback in situation last year, um, it's, it seems as if they're ready to move in a new direction. And, uh, you know, the next next man up, like you guys know, it's always next man up game. That's why you got to stay on top of your game because it's always that 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 younger player that's coming in, running a little bit faster time, benching a couple more reps, you know, uh, you know, and, and a couple inches taller or whatever it is, depending on the position. Is you know they people breeding out here now <laughs> nowadays. <laughs> Low slice, little. That's cool, but I'm about to throw you one right here. About to have a behind the mask moment. For 11 years, you whooped a lot of offensive tackles' ass. It is what it is. Yeah. Imagine how good it could be on the other side of you if you could possibly have Chase Young. Another point. And he's right there in the state of Ohio. So I'm just saying, like, like we can we like we can pick him full. We can say, you know what, Chase Young on the defensive side, or we can say Joe Burrows on the offensive side. Like, I mean, look at the hand the draft pick to you. What would you do with it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, looking at what the Bengals chose to do last year, the direction that they made, they've committed to headed, and. Looking at the whole picture from, you know, 11-year vet uh, and seeing what all these young quarterbacks were able to do last year early in their careers, uh, you know, the impact of uh, a defensive end coming in, there's there's no price tag that you can put on that because, you know, he's a game changer uh, and, you know, he can wreck the games, but you got to – you got to look at the whole picture and see what pieces you have in place. And right now, from what the Bengals, the decisions that the Bengals made, they don't have the true quarterback that they want in place. So they've made that decision. So this is what we got to do in respect. Like, I love Andy Dalton. He's been my quarterback. We've had five years consecutive getting to the playoffs. He's, he's still going to be my quarterback to this day. Shout out to T.O. I'm going to shed a tear, you know. Uh, but the Bengals and the business made a decision last year to do what they did. So, you know, so as a business guy and people with a business degree, 
you understand what they're trying to do, but you don't know until they actually do it because, I mean, it's unpredictable. So whatever they do, I see a lot of value in either direction. But, I mean, we have a lot of a lot of hogs already in that defensive line room that we don't exactly need the, the extra help. So that's not a necessity. So, you know, I've heard rumors about possibly trading back to, to get a bank, a two-for-one type deal. So it's all kind of rumors. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say uh, that the best bet to answer your question, since I since I've been rambling, to answer your question to get on right now would be the defensive end because I, I mean I feel like we got guys in the room that can already change the game and close out these big games for us, but um, we need we need a franchise quarterback right now because the Bengals chose not to continue on with our franchise quarterback that we've had up to this point. We're going to go to one of the um, the comments from one of the, uh, the viewers right now. The Helion underscore 13, she said, Tequil was underrated as a linebacker when he was with the Bengals. Facts. So that you are underrated, but you talk about uh, a defensive end that's a closer, that can close out a game, that can affect the game on third down. That's when y'all get y'all back. People don't know this. I didn't even know this. You're second in Bengals history with sacks for 81 and a half. So first of all, salute. Bro. I appreciate it. That's 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 but second that's that's second on the unofficial list. <laughs> right. <laughs> on the official list, we number one. So I ain't gonna let them they take that from me. They shorted you some? Huh? Did they short you some? No, no, no. You know, on the on the unofficial, it was before they started tracking sacks. We had Man. some elite pass rushers that they that they guesstimated what they could have had. So they have an official column and an unofficial. So. I got the official, but I'm working on getting the unofficial so there's no question about, you know. So you got to constantly work on something. And then obviously I want the NFL record still too. So that's what, that's, oh, what, that's, that. what a, that's where the fuel comes from. So we're still working. How's it going to feel when we're going to speak it to an existence when you get that record? Uh, when I get that record, I, I feel like it's going to um, come hand in hand with that ring. <laughs> I feel like the two going to play a role together, so that's why I continue to work the way I do, continue to challenge myself the way to do, continue to try to um, uplift the guys who will take information from me and then, you know, continue to compete with the dog that I got next to me, Geno Atkins, and, you know, um, continue to mold the group and be a leader, whether it's by example or vocal sometimes, even though, you know, vocal ain't always my way. I, I, when I speak, it's something I, that I want to say. So listen up. <laughs> yeah, bro. That's that's one of the things that I remember talking to a lot of the guys, and this was like even three years ago. And I was talking to a lot of the guys, and I was like, "What does Carlos Dunlap presence mean to you on this football team?" And the consensus came back is he ain't the type of leader who will get up and give you false chat. He's not the type of leader. They'll get up and bump his gums just to be able to make an NFL film's highlight. He's the type of leader that he will speak so loud that nobody can hear what he says. And so I think it directs, reflected back to your play and everything that you do as far as how you carry yourself. I wanted to ask you, I look at some of the young protégés that you have coming after you. Up under you, actually. You look at Carl Lawson. 
another SEC uh, product. Uh, so when you look at that, school. bro, like when you look at that, like, and you go up week by week against certain offensive linemen, like what is your, not even what is the motivation, but who are some of those guys from the offensive linemen perspective, like who you just say, you know what, this is a guy definitely going to keep me motivated to continue working on my craft because they're obviously on a step ahead of the average guys. Well, I mean, the, the big guy that y'all just had on on the previous show, Big Trent. <laughs> When we was going up against him, seeing what he came off of, that Super Bowl run, and seeing how he flourished in a new position at most critical and highly valued position for one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game, you you definitely want to step up because, you know, he's just now headed towards his prime because he's still a young player. And you know that he's just scratching the surface on his potential, yet he's still playing at a high level. So, um you know, that was that was one of the offensive linemen that, you know, last year that I had to go against that that I, you know, um, had to pull a couple extra hats out the bag, put in a little bit of overtime than you already do, um, uh, and reach back a little bit deeper in the tape to, to try to get tendencies and to get, you know, um, to find that 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 opportunity because obviously you got an elite player who's also coming from an organization that he was in now playing at a high level and uh, playing for the name on the, the logo on the front just as much as the name on the back. And, and he's, got that, he's got that red target on him because he just got that big deal. So you guys know how that go. When you just sign, everybody's got that, that target on you trying to Absolutely. make some money off of you and you trying to prove a point that you're worth it. So I wasn't going to let me be a, a, a checklist on, on his thing too. So we're going we're gonna to have to bump heads all day. Sorry, we're going to bump heads. Hey, one of us is going to knock each other out or something, but we're just going to bump heads until we stop getting up or they, they blow the whistle, whatever. I said, this, I told him, I said, it's all love. You know, Gators all day, go Gators all day, but we're just going to bump heads until they stop blowing the whistle. So, so we'll talk after the game, bro. <laughs> That's basically how we went about it. Another question: uh, Kareem Harris said, "Why don't football players talk trash anymore?" I don't, I don't buy that. You know, we're not in the league; we don't see it. Right. But a, which, who doesn't talk trash? What offensive lineman talks the most trash that you love going after? Offensive lineman? I don't think no offensive lineman talk trash no more. They don't want no smoke with you, y'all. Nah, nah, I don't think. I don't think no offensive lineman talk trash. The only offensive players that 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 really talk trash yeah. are some of these quarterbacks that that a lot of people don't even think would talk trash actually talk trash. I ain't gonna say like some names. I don't want to say. You gotta give us one, bro. Uh, let's see. Who uh, Tom Brady talk a lot of trash, bro. Tom Brady talk. Tom Brady talk. He gonna he gonna he gonna throw his jabs in there. Uh, I don't believe that, Tom. Yeah. Tom would never <laughs> yeah. Trash. yeah. Last year he he ain't had no trash, but I played him in other games where he's where he where he talked a little different. And then you know Philip Rivers is a guy that a lot of people didn't expect, but some people know. Uh, um, he talks. Uh, who else? Uh, those are notable ones. I mean, everybody's seen the, the Cam Newton video uh, of him caught talking to the defenders mid play before making a touchdown. Um, uh, but offensive linemen wise, the only thing they talk about is like two, you know, 
is is how we gonna how we gonna execute this block? <laughs> don't, don't 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 mess up a good friendship, yo. Don't do that on live right now. <laughs> what? What? Y'all just talking about how y'all gonna execute this block? Y'all don't y'all just go about y'all work. Y'all don't they don't really talk like that. It's the other positions. It's mainly defensive people, and then you might have a, a running back or a receiver that's going to talk. But other than that, on the offensive side, it's not too many guys who talk. Plus, you know, nowadays with all the mics everywhere and, and, and uh, you know, the Pro Bowl voting, you know, uh, I've been on the other hand of it where, you know, it came back that I didn't get voted in because I talked too much. And it was a guy who was on, like, the Pro Bowl committee that felt like I talked trash. But I was, I was just like – uh, I mean, I try to – I talk to challenge you to raise your game so that I have to – no choice but to raise mine because you're playing in your best ball. So I try to bring the best out of whoever I'm going against so that, you know, we compete at the highest level. I don't talk trash to belittle nobody. I mean, I don't, I don't care nothing about that. Somebody – so they really said that one of the reasons that's, they that's – what it, That's what it came back, you know. Wow. That's what it came back through the loophole. Was was that I was a trash talker, and it also happened to me in in, in high school <laughs> with keeping me out of the local All Star game. So we said, but, yeah, we said you know how the players vote on other players for Pro Bowls. How dope would it be if the players actually had to say so in the guys that made it to the Hall of Fame? I mean, that would be in that era. You, you're actually going against these players week in and week out. So why would man. you? Imagine, imagine how many more guys uh, that don't have yellow jackets right now that would have one uh, a lot faster, you know, if, <laughs> if, if players had a bigger voice in that. You know, a lot of players would have voted for the people who currently have a yellow jacket, but there's a couple guys who are fighting for a yellow jacket that should be, you know, having a yellow jacket coming their way handed to them because they already did the work. It's not like they can suit back up and go back out there and show their worth now, but they sh they've already put in the work, you know, to Keo. Uh, Chad, I feel like he has a, a very strong arm argument. Huh? Corey, Willie Anderson, Corey. Oh, Dick. yeah, Willie, Big Willie. Big a lot of people A lot of people sleep on, on his tape. I've seen some of his tape, and, you know, a lot of people – talk about Anthony Munoz, but I feel like they were neck and neck or battling back and forth if you if you actually look at the tape. But Anthony Munoz was a dog, consistent dog, all the tangibles, works hard. He's great in the community. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to mimic my foundation to be like his and what he does in Cincinnati, although I do a couple of small things already. The things that I see him do and, and a couple of the events that I supported with him, seeing what he does uh, speaks volumes to what who he is as a person um, besides what you've seen on tape, you know, of him and the Willie Andersons and, and uh, so many other guys. But, you know, uh, the guys that have played during my era, those are the first names that come to mind, you and Chad, uh, that are closest to my circle. But if I actually looked at the list, I could probably pull off a lot of names that um, should be having the Yellow Jacket coming their way. But, you know. We, we don't know what's going on with it. Nah, bro. Well, we don't make some noise, though. Since yeah. you're such a historian of the game, I got to ask you this, bro. I appreciate your insight. I appreciate the, the foresight. But if you had the opportunity to make up your Mount Rushmore, 
Um, defensive end. Oh. <laughs> Let me hear, dog. Let the people hear what they want. Uh, my Mount Rushmore of defensive ends. Mm. Who them ghosts? Who 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 the ghost you looked up to? That she was like, damn man, I gotta do, I gotta do it like this. Well, I was, I mean, I was from the crib and 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 of the most similar size to guys like Julius Peppers, but um, obviously everyone knows what Michael Strahan does, and that's the record that I'm still chasing to this day. But there's a lot of there's about three other former guys before me that I, I, you got to pay nothing but homage to. But if you're talking about of the current game right now, you got guys like Vaughn um, that definitely should be without a doubt in there. Um, uh, I would like to hope that I'm continuing to write the story for myself to, to be in that argument. That's uh, what I uh, We'll just leave it at that. For sure. After 10 years in the league, going into your 11th, um, trials, tribulations, what would you tell year one Carlos Dunlap? Year one Carlos Dunlap? Uh, year one Carlos Dunlap. Um, <laughs> what would you tell that guy? <laughs> what would you tell that guy? What would you tell that guy? <laughs> to me, it's tight. Hey, look, it's tight like that guy. That guy on the boat every day. Yeah. Fortunately enough for me, I had guys like uh, Tank Johnson, Chad. Uh, I had those guys that were able to, you know, Pac-Man Jones, I had all those guys uh, to already say what I would say <laughs> to my younger self because, you know, as a younger player coming from, you know, the Florida Gators and, and falling in the draft the way that I did, I came in with, you know, uh, everything was hot. So, you know, uh, I was anxious to, to, to prove and to make everyone who pay, passed on me not once but twice pay and feel me. So, um that was my main focus, and some of the things I might have handled uh, did not handle properly because I didn't see the bigger picture because I was so narrowed in on getting to getting to the quarterback of that team because that team passed me not once but twice. Um, blase, blase. So I handled a couple of different things wrong, and I'm sure a lot of people probably didn't heard about it. But, uh, you know, it's not how you start. It's how you finish and continuing to write the story uh, my way currently. Hey, I feel you on that, bro. And, like, I may be jumping around right now, but we're going to go to Honey Uninhibited, your restaurant in Miami. We had the opportunity to go in uh, fellowship with you and your staff there. I appreciate y'all. And I ain't just saying this, but excellent service, attention to detail on all of the things that we saw. So once we get through this quarantine, or if you're in the area, make sure you look them up online. To visit, but we talked about how you came up with the concept. But what I really want to know is, like, like you talked about the why. What I thought that came off so special was you was like, you know what? I understand a lot of people are getting laid off. A lot of people won't have access to what they're usually accustomed to, whether or not if it's. Uh, elected officials or, or first responders who come in and indulge in what you have to offer. 
Like, why is it so important for you to continue to say, you know what, it's easy because everybody else, they may not be covering enough to be able to say, you know what, it's one thing staying open. And not saying that you're not, but you make it a point to make sure that different demographics are being fed the honey uninhibited, which I'm still mad at this guy for for eating the last damn damn bread <laughs> <laughs> Uh I mean, the real reason why is because you know I've been blessed to to be in the position that I am to where I can make a difference. But obviously, you have to put on the the business cap as well because naturally, you know. The first instinct would have been to try to float everybody, but that's not feasible or realistic because the government did not give a timeline. So um, we had to lay employees off that we kind of molded and that we want here and would love to have here with us to this day, to this point. But as you can see, if I turn the camera around, we got all the chairs from the patio inside here, all the tables inside here. And, and the patio's chained off and the inside's closed off and it's literally only takeout and delivery. So it, it, it limits um, the positions of need. So really, we only got, we got our guys in the kitchen rotating, knocking it out. And, you know, uh, so far we've been holding up to our standard of four and a half stars, but we're trying to get the five, but it's kind of hard to get the five if you don't get that in-room dining experience. So we're going to blame it on that. You know, so we're at, we're at four and a half, depending on where you look, Yelp, uh, uh, Uber, which is just picked up because we're limited only to that. So now our Uber um, has spiked up, and we also offer free delivery because we realize and we listen to our community, and a lot of them were nervous about, you know, um, where all these other Uber drivers are going. So they would rather, you know, a private driver who's working from – one specific spot rather than bouncing around all these places so we we found um uh, a group of people who you know were were trying to work with the local businesses and and they were willing to work with us and so that we can offer free delivery obviously we're paying them but we're taking care of that and taking on that burden for the community because you know together we can and i feel like you know everything's sweeter with honey so um that's why we're here and you, man, you had attention to detail from the football field to your business. You talked about community. You're doing it in your business life as well, but also your foundation. Why is your foundation important? And also tell the people where they can support that don't know. Uh, Carlos Dunlap Foundation. Uh, that's another place, that aspect that I'm taking to hit because, you know, first weekend of June is when I do my youth football camp. But here we are still in quarantine, so I can't reach out to my sponsors or plan out the logistics, nor do I know if they'll hand to have a cure. So uh, uh, I'm going to take the, you know, the resources and the money that I normally do uh, to, to fund that camp. And I'm going to put it in the community still um, working on finding uh, a couple of uh, organizations back home, whether it be the, the food, the food bank um, or any other organizations that are, you know, providing meals for families back home, um, because obviously we've been in this quarantine for a few weeks now. I don't know what day it is. Uh, you know, I know I don't know if you guys keep track of what day it is or what number day it is of the you quarantine, huh? You lose it, man. It's just it's yeah, just yeah. I know we went we went from uh, you know I counted quarantine dates up to day ten, you know, 
But after day ten, it was just like, okay, what day of the week is it? And how long? How long have we been here? And how much longer are we gonna be here? And, and yeah, yeah. So, so you know, we had a lot of sacrifices. I had to watch my mom's wedding on Facebook Live, which is, <laughs> which is, which is something that still eat at me because I was supposed to be walking her down the aisle. Yeah, here, here I am watching on Facebook Live. Like, that doesn't even make sense. Yes, the Low Country Food Bank is one of them. What up, Pop? My dad just checked in. What up, Pops? Pops, shout out to Pops. Come yes. on. Shout out to him. I wouldn't be the man I am without him. One half of my foundation, as well as my mom. Hey, Pete, this out. I got another comment for you, too. Okay, Amor C. Emperor. Okay. Hey, we I'm getting distracted right now. Let me, let me get back in. Oh. You know how? Hey, you know how? But you know how you have like when you open that Instagram up and it just happens to be on the explore page and that <laughs> shit just totally just and you just forget what you even open up the phone for though, bro. Right. Am I the only one that it happens to? No, that's natural. That's why you gotta try to you know limit your exposure to social media. Uh, but obviously, you know, it's an outlet for all of us. We wouldn't be here having this conversation and, and lifting the pop uh, the, the platform of the Behind the Mask, you know, podcast because we already had the book. The book been out, you know, but, you know, the, the podcast is, has brought a whole new light on it. And then your dog, too, get the, the double up with you. You got the offense, defense going at it. So, yeah, y'all balance each other out. Hey, bro. Got a question from Marcellus Rivers, Blue Check, New York Giants. He wanted to know, he said, hands down, you guys are going to take Joe Burrow. And sure. what's I, that first, his question is, what is that first conversation going to be like if you guys take Joe Burrow from you to him to let them let him know what this team is about, what the city is about, and what's expected of you? Well, I mean, from what I've heard and the people that know Joe Burrow and uh, Sam Hubbard has a, a close relationship with them as well. Um, Sam, Hubbard is, uh, Sam Hubbard is also a young Thundercat that we haven't mentioned yet. That That's one of the reasons why I wouldn't invest in drafting a, a D-lineman super high because, you know, the potential that he and Carl Lawson have and the three of us have on the edge, you know, I feel like we got three closes already. But for the young Thundercat, uh, like you said, sidetrack, uh, Joe Burrow, um, when he come in the league, I would tell him to, you know, just enjoy the moment. Don't try to tackle everything at once. Uh, focus on what uh, – lock in on tackling something each day so that, you know, at the end of the week, you're seven things better at, you know. Uh, Normally, you would have time to prepare for the season, but right now, we don't know how much time you're going to have. But the good thing is that I've heard that he's he's already the pro's pro. He's like a young pro. Uh, I don't know if you guys play with some of those guys. It's a couple of players, you know, that get different labels. You know, obviously, it's easy for them to label them immature, but there's a couple uh, young players who come in who are like pro's pro, and they become young captains early in their career, yada, yada. And from what I've heard, from people in his circle, outside his circle, and people who uh, work close with his team, um, that he is the pro's pro and that he's a true leader 
in the locker room and that he's a closer and, and he doesn't back down from any pressure. He, he's not going to fold. So those are tangibles that you can build on. And, and you know, Zach is the offensive mind, so I'm going to let him – I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave some space in his brain for all of them to get in his head because uh, I'm the little voice in the room compared to, you know, the owners, Zach, and all the other guys. But you know, at the end of the day, we just want to to try to be a crutch wherever he may need, so that we can all accomplish our team goal. For sure, man. Well, definitely, we about to let you get out of here. We definitely appreciate your time. Um, yes, sir. We want you to stay healthy in the off season as well as into the season. Have a, a healthy yeah, seventh year. I appreciate that. All the success this year. All the success with Honey Uninhibited as well. And then we got one last question, bro. We know we see on your Instagram post. We see you on that yacht on your boat cruising through the channels of Miami, man. When are we going to get the invite? That's what we want to know. When can yeah. we Two of the twelve people that you got on the boat. I, I can't, I can't pick, I can't pick y'all up in Atlanta. Y'all, I got his legs there. <laughs> Man, you ain't saying that. I'm gonna catch a flight. Oh, hold up. Nah, nah. hold up. I can't even I catch can't, a damn yeah. flight. Yeah, hold up. Yeah, I would. I, and the flights that you can't catch, although they're cheap, I would not risk going through the airports with how this thing is traveling. You know, they say six feet, but they say you really need more than six feet. So. So that means if we if we if we were to come, you probably gonna let us on the boat, huh? Yeah, I know y'all. Yeah, I know y'all good. Stop fronting on him. <laughs> as, as long as the only stipulation is y'all gotta eat that honey first, cause the marina's nearby. So y'all eat that honey first, then we go. Say oh, less. And it's it's not it's not a yacht though. So, so you gotta humble yourself a little bit. It's a, it's a boat. It's a fishing boat. You know, it goes. Goes fast. It doesn't. It doesn't go slow and have the rooms and all those things. But it, it's efficient for what I like to use it for. It's fly, bro. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> exactly. Much love. Much With love. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for your time, my brother. Appreciate it. I appreciate both of y'all. Much love and success for both of y'all. Continue on and behind the mask blows up to to millions and millions of followers and viewers. Hopefully. Amen. Appreciate it, brother. Respect, homie. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.